Welcome back to the resupply with me, guy next door. Me, no laser tag DK. <laughs> and me, fan. Bringing you your weekly double tap, well, sort of weekly double tap of all things uh, Laser Force and Space Rings. Quasi weekly. Um, quasi weekly. I mean, quasi weekly. We, we had a, 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 I think it was a, a week break <laughs> between this one and the last pod that we did with Soul. Um, I went away and, uh, you know shit doesn't get done when i go away actually that's not true i'm the least productive member of this podcast um i don't know if that's accurate but okay (laughs) um but we have another guest this week um he's he's coming on to um add coal to the fire that uh the hype train for next year's nets run on See what I did there? That was good. Um, <laughs> that was terrible. We, we, we don't add coal around here. We prefer to be carbon neutral. No, nah, fuck the that resupply. shit. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we're all the way fossil fuel burning steam train locomotive motherfuckers. Um, America. America. Um, but yeah, so this week uh, I would like to introduce um, one of Auckland's uh, newest but probably well, not newest but you've been around for a little while now um uh, but definitely most productive um members dimmy hawk aka greg hey man what's up hey how's it going good bro good you sound as excited as me to be here <laughs> <laughs> hey uh, we're, we're shoveling everything into the engine that can burn so uh, this this hype train is moving and moving fast <laughs> you can tell by how excited we sound um, yeah so i mean you've you've played uh, as i sort of mentioned you play you've been playing now a couple of years right how long you play for on on the regular couple of years i had my first game way back in 01 but that was my 12th birthday party right. so playing the actual sm5 is probably i'd say we're coming up three and a half years now yeah do you still have that membership number yes same one is it the same one wow yep Fucking cool um yeah right on so uh although you've been playing you know i say quote unquote just a couple of years um you you've done quite a bit for auckland laser force in the short time that you've been coming on the regular um lucky regular yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) like what steve explain (laughs) so so probably like probably the the one thing that like comes to mind is um is the first person videos um you were probably the person that drove those the most if not they were your that that was your baby right yeah it was we definitely saw an opening for it there i mean um with kind of how other forms of i hesitate to call laser force an esport because i know the community would jump at me for calling it (laughs) that but the way this whole publicized version of sports that aren't really traditional sports is going kind of saw an opportunity for that and there wasn't really anything out there you know people have done the whole scoreboard Mm. thing in the past and that's great if you know how to play space marines but if you don't it doesn't really give you much insight into what's actually happening in the game so yeah we jumped on that and biggest hurdle we jumped into was the fact that our maze is really dark Mm. and no matter how much you crank a gopro's iso settings up you just can't see anything without the house lights on (laughs) nope um and those videos those videos for the most part look really cool um 
and you know i think uh i know of at least detroit has has made them a uh regular kind of fixture in their um foyer right they play they play a few of those videos on on a loop um which is really cool those are the ones that you uh, you took in in sacramento uh in in 2017 i recognize them almost immediately when i saw them playing yeah (laughs) do they have (laughs) i don't think i don't suppose they have the uh blooper one of your game <laughs> getting shut down. I wish. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Oh, Sats, what the fuck? <laughs> that um, game started so good, too. I, I have to show everybody how to play Space I, I have that somewhere. Maybe I should cut that, especially for you. <laughs> I was, was saying that through to you. Just add it to the list of other DK fails. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so many of them. <laughs> There's no shortage, that's for sure. Yeah, DKFails.com, folks. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, so that that's probably like I think the first major thing that you did for the site. But I mean, that's um, actually probably the very first major thing because we had a hiatus for about a year, year and a half, um, and where you know we just weren't getting regulars or enough regulars to come and play. And I think um, I think just as you started getting into it, that's when things kind of blew up again. So yeah, resurgence. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's funny the way that that kind of came to be because um, I actually ended up one of my first jobs in the software industry. I ended up working with Sneak, um, and I remember just coming into the office one day and I could see he had this Laser Force thing up on the screen. I'm like, ah, mm. oh, what are you up to? He's like, oh, I'm watching the the Nationals, mm. and I'm like, the what? And so I kind of pressed him for a while, and he kind of ex- it, that was basically my intro to SM5. It was in, must have been Nats 2014, wow. I suspect. Um, and he was watching it. I'm like, oh, cool, man, it's been ages since I played yeah. Laser Force. <laughs> I'll have to get into it. And so um, that's he Sneak introduced me to Trev, and Trev kind of said, yeah, come down for a lunacy night on a Friday and, mm. and kind of get back into it. And I loved it, and he's like, oh, we try and play on Tuesday nights for members' night, but it's kind of stagnated for a while now. Yeah. So I'm like, well, let me grab this opportunity yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and see what we can do with it. And, and it's kind of grown to, to where we can play sort of once a week. Yeah. Mostly once a week. Um, and just for those of you that don't have your, your decoder rings, um, both Sneak and Trev are Auckland members, long obviously. Long standing Auckland members, Black, Black Sneak and, and Trev, I'm pretty sure have been there basically since, almost since, since the start um, of of Auckland Laser, so... Um, also, Sneak is my father. Sneak <laughs> is definitely an interesting individual, as is Trev, for sure. Um, but, yeah, we do have to remember, guys, you know, we're not we're not talking just to ourselves. There are, there are people that, that amazingly don't know everybody that we're talking about because we've been reaching a new audience lately. We've got, we've got Germans listening now. We've got people in Western Australia listening now. So, you know, for, for those of you that don't have your laser force decoder rings, you know, we'll try, we'll, we'll try to make sure people understand like where people are when we're referring to them. Well, look, I prefer just dropping their names in casually, so that way when people <laughs> see them up on the screen, they're just like, oh, that's that legendary dude I heard about on yeah. that one podcast. Trev, who's been around since, you know, Laser Force was born. Uh, no, maybe not quite that long, but, you know, long enough. He, he was the, the first to get that 20-side achievement or something, right? Or, or like, play Laser uh, Force in five countries? Oh, he might have been, actually. I don't know about that. I, have to I ask feel like him he was. Him. Um, he's probably up there in terms of uh you know 
oldest. Oh, regular. he's definitely he's definitely <laughs> one of the oldest, if not the oldest reg that yeah. I'm I'm aware of at least in the Australia, New Zealand, and U.S. scenes. Yeah, whether yeah, he's almost or not... as old as you, Than. <laughs> Suck the fattest of dicks, <laughs> DK. Um, okay, so you know, with uh, your kind of uh, first crowning achievement being the um, being the videos, um, it sort of made sense uh, with Auckland hosting next year. It sort of made sense to go to you for um, to to look after the admin, I suppose, or to look after like the important stuff for running a. To- uh, a- uh, tournament so um you're basically become auckland's tournament coordinator uh, that's probably the best way to kind of describe it right yeah, sounds accurate yep. yeah um so with you being a coordinator obviously you're in charge of uh what exactly why what stuff are you kind of looking after for next year uh so basically everything from what happens on sunday night right through until the end of competition on friday so i'm basically handling all the the non-social stuff so pulling up a team roster for we may think up to potentially 12 teams which presents its own challenges um making sure everyone gets in and out of the arena efficiently um and then there's some 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 stuff happening in the background regarding the telemetry that i'm i'm going to keep bit of a surprise for, for maybe early next year yeah um but yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking most of my time into i want to want to change because this is obviously going to be the first nationals of the new decade um coming into 2020 mm. um and i kind of want to set the standard for what tournaments can be going forward i've seen some great traction i mean we had some some great commentary coming out of this year's nats mm. and then what the guys did for the aussie titles was really cool mm. i was really impressed with with how the perth guys did that um, but I think we can lift the bar just that little bit higher and uh, and kind of set a precedent. So one of the things and one of the things that you've sort of been working on, which I think is really cool, because I think a big thing with with anyone traveling to a site that hasn't played there before, um, one of the biggest hurdles is getting to know the arena as quick as possible. Um, and in the past. Um, in the past all we've had to rely on is is a top-down um schematic at best of of an opponent's arena to kind of try and work out you know where's best to hold what you know how to move around the maze etc um but you've taken that to a higher kind of bar (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah definitely gone up a step from just a top-down map because the way I look at it, top-down maps, like you say, don't give you an impression of how the arena actually feels. Yeah. It sort of shows you where things are, but until you step inside it, you really don't get that sense. So um, so what I've done is uh, I basically went around all of our arena with a tape measure and took some fairly precise measurements of pretty much everything. Yeah. And I've basically built the arena in a piece of 3D modeling software called Unity, and the result of that is that we now have an application that allows you to walk around our arena in a 3D environment with everything in its right place. The bases are there, all the right walls, the ramps, uh, all the cutouts that you can shoot through. Everything's there, and you play it like you would any other FPS game. So your standard WSA, AASD, keys to move around, and your mouse to look. It's, um, 
really fucking cool. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I had a I had a play with it before, and um, yeah, it's I it's crazy to me how accurate it is. Like, it feels like you are in our arena. It's it's so accurate. Um, yeah, it like. Uh, what I might do because uh, you put a you did a um, walkthrough video I think on YouTube so what yeah. I might do is I might cut some of that into the footage on the pod so if you're listening to this on YouTube like have a look at the footage um, or better yet we'll post a link up after, when we when we post this pod so you could download um, the program you could do both yeah <laughs> why not both <laughs> Um, but yeah so what are what are some of the like key differences that like that you've seen in the maze since you know probably most people would have been there so um probably one of the the biggest ones is the fact that all of the bases have moved Mm. uh so previously green base and red base hung from the ceiling in these sort of pyramid shaped boxes pretty much directly over the center of the floor area for green and red base, they've now moved. Um, so those who are familiar with our maze and those who will become familiar with our maze through the software, um, as you enter straight into our maze, you turn left and just around the corner up on the wall is where green base now lives. Mm. Um, red base isn't far from where it used to be. It's basically just higher up on a, on a wall that overlooks sort of most of the red base area. But I'd say the thing that's changed our arena the most is that blue base is no longer upstairs at all. It's now down uh, in an area of the maze that we call Red Disco, but it's basically in the back corner. And the biggest thing that we've found that that's changed is that attacking upstairs has become significantly more viable because against a stronger heavy, basically the heavy taps you, taps the blue base that was upstairs, and now he's got the reset on you for free. And as long as he doesn't destroy that base, he's just sitting on a free reset target the entire game. Mm. Uh, and uh, you yourself put a mini missile into me with that strategy <laughs> as I learned very quickly and the hard way. Um, and so that's very much changed the dynamic of how the heavy upstairs has had to, to either rely on his own ammo for resets or being more careful about kind of when he t- chooses to take resets so that he's coming up at the same time as the commander or the scouts. Mm. It's You're right, though. It has like significantly changed how upstairs is played, even just moving that one base. Um, upstairs is still by far... <laughs> the better place to hold <laughs> um but yeah not having that that reset there has made a huge difference sounds a little less broke to me so i think that's, <laughs> that's probably a good change in your guys part yeah definitely less broken we we ummed and out about it um i think when when they were doing the install um because uh, i think i think the owners asked you know look do you want it do you want the base up there still or should we move it and yeah like we said well, we'll move it and we'll see how it plays and whilst it has you know whilst it sucks now that i can't reset missile you um <laughs> it's, it's definitely made it like better overall gameplay's improved overall because of it yeah i don't think anyone's ever commented on missing it certainly in the last 12 months that we've no. been playing without it it is still technically a base in standard game modes i believe it's purple base um but it works on the same mechanic as the way Brisbane's downstairs bases work, where every 30 seconds or so it switches to a new location in the arena. So it's it's one of the frustrating ones that people always miss. So I don't think it's actually viable to use as a Space Marine base because I don't know if that functionality can actually be disabled for where it moves. 
surely interesting surely surely maybe <laughs> um, i think we tried and it just didn't work oh so. really oh, well, that yeah um right on so that's that's probably uh the, the base is moving is probably um one of the key ones um yep. there's there's there were a couple of other ones yeah Yep, so one of the corners of our maze, again, if you've played there before, you'll notice where Spider used to sit. So here was our warbot. That entire area has actually been closed off. It's been reclaimed from the other side as like a party area space. Um, so basically we've chopped out maybe an eighth of the downstairs area. Hasn't really had much of an effect on SM5 games, to be honest. I, I haven't noticed its difference, but yeah. So you'll be mindful if you've played here before that there are now solid walls where there used to be doors and you don't want to go running into them. I think the, the only thing that really changed was like... Hold on, I'm writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> www.dkfails.com um, <laughs> um, Yeah, the only thing it does really change is... Um, uh, is hunting at the end of the game really like that was a, a another sort of point of reprieve where teams could kind of go if they needed to flush somewhere but or hide you know but yeah yeah but that, that works well because it means the hunting is a bit more efficient so where the elim is kind of inevitable it just sort of speeds that process up yeah a little bit which sucks for the team being eliminated but for the team hunting them be just better. Sort of brings about you know the game <laughs> yeah, faster. Sucks to suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right on. Uh, so that's that. There's also um a new wall in red base, um, yep. which people will be able to see in the program. Um, yep. That hasn't wall, really made much of a difference. I mean, it, that wall always perplexed me. Um, because it, <laughs> it's really <laughs> annoying. <laughs> um, but doesn't it doesn't add anything it being there but you know it is what it is i suppose yeah, um, it, adds a, it, it adds in the way of starting the game it adds a permanent field construction in the middle of an area true so um, there's but for, for pathing the, things that it messes with yeah i mean yes and no like not a lot of um action kind of happens around that area um because it's like smack That's bang fair. in the middle of red base, right? So, um, but you're right, Greg. It, like it, it adds, uh, like a a very a very light sidestep for a red team at the start of the game to rush upstairs. <laughs> um, yeah, the thing I noticed is that as a red commander you tend to give the heavy the courtesy of going first now that you kind of both can't leave the starting area in the same direction at the same time yeah so you probably a second or two later out of the gate as a commander but Did... in the grand scheme of things yeah yeah it's, it's it's not a not a biggie um yeah we actually so uh we actually have allocated starting areas now um like marked out allocated starting areas um and we did notice that with those in place um two equally fit people can get upstairs at basically the same time whereas um red base did have a slight advantage prior to that um yeah right on so there are some is there, is there any other ones that i'm forgetting um I mean, the doors, I guess, is kind of the last one. Um, 
really the only difference there is that all of the area that we call C-Bend is basically wide open. There are no doors in place anywhere there. Mm. Um, and there's basically, because Spider is now shut off and we've lost that dead end area as well, there's basically no doors in the arena. Um, so everything that can be open sort of is open and we're not planning to change any of that configuration for Nats. Mm. Um, hmm. Okay, it's, then. It's more or less no set up. <laughs> yeah, it's more or less <laughs> set up than how we had it for when we were training for Ballarat and like way back in the day. So um, it's more or less the same as that. Um, I mean, honestly, it sounds it sounds a lot like um, St. George's Arena as far as that goes, where right. there's just there, there's not really that many places to resupply and if you get kicked um you're gonna have a bad time yeah well at least that'll make it easier with trying to schedule 12 teams yeah exactly right yeah <laughs> uh, fingers crossed <laughs> <laughs> um you know what we we didn't sort of like all this fucking talk of a hype train and we didn't even like mention that like the dates for nationals <laughs> we should probably talk to your coordinator about that yeah good one greg <laughs> um dropping the ball when when's when is nationals for next year <laughs> july 20th through 24th 2020 in the 20th year that laser force auckland will be around how's that folks all them 20s yeah. Get it. All the twenties. <laughs> um, right on. So yeah. So I mean, check out the check out the program because it's really awesome. Um, drop like one of us a message, me, Greg, Than, maybe even DK a message if you have any questions about the maze. Um, DK, have you you haven't played our maze yet, have you? No, no, I have not. Slap Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Everyone else from Sacramento came, but not you. Um, Correct. Useless. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, do we want to do we want to get into the secret thing now? Or? The, the secret thing now. Yeah, if, if we want, might, okay. as well, might as well spill the beans. I've yeah. been keeping uh, Steve in the dark about uh, something else that I've been working on in the background. Um, because I want it to be as much as a surprise as possible. <laughs> but um, so it's it's not going to happen for Nats 2020. Um, I don't have enough time between now and July to do it. But I've been looking into how GPS technology is starting to change and how much more accurate it's becoming. Mm. And there is an avenue here in combination with 3D models of not just our arena, but potentially other arenas to have real-time player tracking as part of our general telemetry for Nats. So being able to see where everyone actually is in the arena relative to each other um, and to sort of be able to track that in real-time. That's um, awesome. To sort of see how the oh, game's man. evolving. So what's yes, funny man, about... here we come, baby. What's also <laughs> fun, funny about that is that, I mean, that that it, that is an idea that has been kicked around since um really the the late 90s that there was there was there were actually some people in in sacramento that were kicking around how to do that but obviously you know technology that then to now is a little different um and it was just it, it was never something that really got kind of past the um 
initial idea, hey, wouldn't this be cool stage? Because when people started looking into it at the time, it was like, yeah, there is just no fucking way that this is going to happen with any sort of reasonable um, cost and or and or development time. Mostly cost. I think it, think that there was stuff out there that could do it, but it was all hideously expensive mm. at at that point. You know, now here we are, twenty years later, and you know, potentially, it's something that might actually be realistically within scope. It's kind of it's kind of interesting living in the future. <laughs> we didn't get flying cars, but we're getting improved laser force, so I'll count that as a win. Yeah, hell yeah. I'll, I'll take the laser that. force over the flying cars Fuck every yeah. day. <laughs> um, I mean, people can't even drive fucking right on the ground over here. <laughs> I'm not letting them into the sky. So that that's really interesting because it being real time, uh, I mean, just it, from a like yeah, from a spectator point of view, that's huge. Um, yep. Because, I mean, you know, like, people really enjoyed, like, as you said, people really enjoyed the commentary commentary last year, but being able to actually track on a map, you know, people attacking a resupply or, you know, people getting flushed or um, what people do during a nuke, like, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, so I've, I've got some prototypes going around at the moment. Nothing I'm kind of ready to release yet, but kind of from what I've been seeing so far, I like how it's looking and I like where it's developing, so... Once we confirm who's going to host 2021 Nats, I might start having early conversations with their tournament host and seeing if they're open to this kind of idea. Mm. Um, and, you know, it, it may come into play. If not 2021, then then that's cool. I'll wait till someone hosts it who's willing to kind of to float this idea and see how it goes. Well, so there are rumors for that, right? Was it St. George rumored to host 21? There's always, there's 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 always rumors and qu- and quite honestly, um, until we you know deal with the one that's in front of us, um, everything beyond that is really speculative. I mean, we had the obviously we had we had the the Germans c- come to St George for West Coast a c- couple of months ago. Mm. Um, they've actually made some noise about. W- wanting to host a tournament and you know get get some of us there um i'd travel Saint to george. germany that'd be dope it'd be awesome saint george you know had you know has kind of put their put their hands up as hey this would be cool because they they've never hosted in that um you know i'm just, i feel like sanch would probably end up putting his hand up again to to, to have it and sit in Syracuse, mm. um, and it's true since they haven't had a national since 2011. Oh, very true, hundred percent accurate. <laughs> yep. Um, and there, <laughs> and there is, and and, and the, the the Syracuse angle, and I'm totally putting words in people's mouths right now, is is intriguing for the idea that you have Greg in as much as um, because Sanch is so pro player, you know, mm. we definitely get a, a very good run of his facility when, whenever we're there for whatever event. Um, so, you know, doing the, doing the mapping thing in, in, 
Kazarina, I could see him being very open to, with the added advantage of it's a single sto- story mm. arena, which which simplifies. I would have, I, I, or rather, I would have to guess simplifies the the tracking a bit because you only have the tracking in a, in a two dimensional or in a single le- level space as opposed to a multi level space. Yeah, multi-level definitely is more of a challenge. Not impossible, just more of a challenge. So, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to. I mean, obviously, so you don't want to like fully, you know, disclose everything that 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 you're working on. But um, how are you, you know, going about trying to get essentially the geolocation of players inside and an enclosed arena, you know, where obviously there is no GPS line of sight to, to in the sky. Right. So I, I, I use the term GPS very loosely because I assume that's how most people will be able to understand it, but there yeah. is actual, this spatial tracking, um, basically hardware combined with software that can be used in an indoor environment. Um, and it is, it's, it's being kind of tested. It's more of a warehouse technology at the moment. It's, it's designed to deal with tracking uh, like shipping containers and where stuff is stored. And when you've got these huge warehouses full of like millions of items, um, I think Amazon have something similar to it. So it's, it's not true GPS in terms of using the GPS satellites. So, so would it be fair fair to say it's more like a combination of, um, Wi-Fi slash RFID slash that sort of slash that sort of thing. We've got to be yeah. real careful with using RFID though, because that's what the laser force system runs on. And if we interfere yes. with that, then no one's going to care about tracking. <laughs> Pretty much, Fair that point. was yeah. Yeah, but see, at least this way we can use the the powers for good instead of turning all our workers into peons like Amazon does. <laughs> this way we can actually use the technology for something good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, as long as I don't have to get microchipped, I'm all, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah, um, take that, Bezos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'd, wow. We'd be chipping the suits, not the players. Although the players would be an interesting idea. No, no, hard no, pass. No, ter- that's a terrible idea. <laughs> in fairness, if I didn't have to take my card everywhere and I could just swipe my hand over my vest, I would probably consider chipping myself. Oh, actually, that's not a bad point. <laughs> yeah, if I could ter- high-five a- my suit. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. Both of also, you don't tell Than anything else. He's going to steal it for Evil Corp and give it to his bosses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. It's not really much worry about that. I'm nowhere near se- senior enough to hand ideas like that off. They're already spying on us right now anyway, it doesn't yeah, that's matter. Right. Pretty much. Um, so we, we talked about it, like, um, I think uh, I think you'd mentioned it when you when you'd first made some of the um videos for youtube um being able to have a heads up display map right and be able to sort of track whereabouts in the maze that player was um i would imagine that would make that significantly easier to do (laughs) yeah yeah it would and and allow us to do it in 3d which which makes so much more difference yeah um you're trying to understand what people are doing on attacking runs and where they're resetting to could you theoretically uh combine that with this the with the program that you made of the 3d maze and do like replay like full replays of of a game that way yeah yeah absolutely and and the intent was to to combine the two together um because you've already built the 3d map 
up. Now so you just need to put the data into that 3D map to right. show where everything is on screen. Man, that's cool. I'm just imagining like poorly rendered polygon Steve <laughs> wandering around the, the maze. Would it just be like an egg? Um, <laughs> a floaty egg? Yeah. Yeah, so I should have the caveat that with the with the software that uh, will go out when the when the pod goes up. Um, I'm I'm not a designer. I'm a programmer by by trade, so it will look very bland. I think the the bases, if you're going to have a look at them, is probably as bad as artistic I get. So if there is <laughs> anyone out there listening to the pod who uh, is part of the community and has any skills with Blender or Maya or 3ds Max or any of the 3D modeling softwares, and is happy to spend some free time maybe making it look a bit prettier please please talk to me i'd be happy to throw beers your way or whatever else we can provide if you're coming down in 2020 yeah we um we could even send you some photos of how our maze kind of looks now so you could you know use that as some sort of inspiration um that's really cool man like i yeah like i'm super impressed with what you've built and like i can't wait to see I can't wait to see like the stuff that's coming for Nats. We're gonna probably have another catch up um, for sure in the new year once we kind of have more of an idea of who's actually coming and um, you know when stuff has been kind of tested and and working. I suppose we can sort of let people in and a bit more of what's happening behind the scenes. Um, did you guys want to ask anything or do you want to add anything else? I feel like you know most of the most- most of the pieces on, on this are gonna, you know, really start resolving after New Year's once people actually start buying tickets. Yeah. Um, and that's pro and and that'll and that that'll be the point at which you know we start really go, going through the scheduling and and shit like that. I mean, right now it's just I don't I don't think it's close enough to warrant really having a in-depth discussion on that yet sure that'll probably make me feel more hyped when it starts getting a little bit more real because i'm just getting beaten down with work right now and not having uh, a chance to play laser tag lately i'm just feeling a little fried so the closer we get to actual tournament time the better I'll, it'll be for me do you get a do you get a break over like christmas and new year's the way you can travel oh yeah it's coming up so pretty quick it's just uh <laughs> i'd like to be able to play some lasers sometime here in the near future are you going to ect no, it is unfortunately scheduled at like the worst possible time for my uh, for my semester coming up in the in the spring. If right. they moved it like two days to either side, I would probably be in. But as it stands, nah. God damn it! Thanks, yeah, beans. And, and unfortunately, I'm out. I'm out also. Um, the so the, between the replacing the gutters on on my house and then finding out what Julie's CPAP machine is gonna gonna cost, like, well, that's you know the the, the money that her CPAP was gonna cost was kind of what I was thinking might be able to be used for ECT. So what and a great it, pair to host a laser tag podcast. You never play laser tag. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, we're we're gonna we're gonna have a short break over the Christmas period, I believe. I think Auckland will close down for three or four weeks. Uh, but then hopefully we'll be back into some training and it'll be fun laser force times ahead. Hopefully. (laughs) I mean, that, that, that implies that people are dedicated enough to show up to practice. True. It's funny you should mention that. 
Um, yes, Dave, where's your team? That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> Cap- Captain Steve is, uh, is, is disappointed, but, you know, maybe, I'm, maybe it's me. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe I haven't put enough pressure slash hype on the, the greatness that is Laser Force Internationals 2020. Maybe. Maybe you're a better vice captain than than a captain. <laughs> yeah, we're missing oh, a fan. Shots fired. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Shots retracted. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the new year. Uh, I got some stern words with a couple of people, useless motherfuckers. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks, Gru, for for coming on and fucking giving us a. a a wee insight into what's going on behind the scenes. Oh, good. Thanks for having me. Cool, man. Cool. Um, we are definitely excited. Fuck yeah, man. Like, uh, just everyone jump on that, like, download the program and have a buzz. Uh, like, it's it's really cool. It's really cool. Um, hype, hype, hype. Anyway, um, for, for this week, I've been Guy Next Door. I've been DK. Hashtag Hong Kong. Hashtag Fuck Bezos. <laughs> and I've been Fan. Always remember to backtrack, kids. We'll see you next week.